Happy Sabbath, friends. It is a pleasure to be discussing the lesson study with you once again. We're in the midst of a quarter where we're looking at managing for the master, looking at how to be good stewards of the resources and the blessings God gives to us. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that many of us deal with in our lives, but most of us would rather not talk about, and that's debt. But before we begin, let's have a word of prayer and invite the Spirit to guide us. Our good and gracious God, we want to thank you so much for the privilege that you've given us, entrusting resources to us to manage the way that you would. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, you entrusted this world and all of the abundance of blessings that's on it um, to humans to manage. And sometimes we haven't done so well and other times we've done better. So give us wisdom to follow you in this important area of our lives is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I have with me Jesse. Jesse has been on here before. He is integral to the community and the life that's being built up in Anthem, our modern worship service. Jesse, it's such a privilege to have you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing well. Just, yeah. 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 How's your family? Good. We got a baby coming in a month or or somewhere in the, that range, so Wow. We're excited about that, yeah. That is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, it, but yeah. It does change your life having another child. Not yeah. as much as the first one, but... Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> so we're just hoping it goes smoothly. Yeah, and, uh, good. Uh, there's probably some preparation that your family's doing. and Oh, yeah, it feels like it never stops and you're never quite ready, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby's going to come when they're going to come, so... Oh, my goodness, yeah. that's so exciting. Well, um, blessings to you and to Thank your you. wife and to your whole family as you yeah. as you add another person to your family union. Well, thank you. Yeah. So we're we're talking about debt today and there's um, I think most of us has have dealt with debt at one point or another. I mean credit cards are something that has sort of become the way of life here in the United States. I know there's some people who feel like we should never use credit cards, and there's some people <laughs> that always use credit cards for everything. I don't know. Um, did you, did you, when was it the first time that you ever used a credit card? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I got a credit card that had like a $200 limit mm. just to start with, because I was like, I never want to use it. Yeah. Because I'd always heard that they were terrible. So we go to, um, I will go on my honeymoon with my wife. And uh, at that time, we were, it was right before I started my job as a pastor and, uh, you know, just really low on money at that yeah. point. And, uh, and so we're, we're on our honeymoon and I get a rental car and uh, it pretty much uses most of the limit of, of that, that credit card. Mm. And then I realize on our way back that we're pretty much out of money. Oh, and, <laughs> and, oh no. And so, uh, so I was just praying in this, this moment in the, in the airport and, uh, and come to, it's somehow all worked out. But I just remember in that moment, the credit card, I was just like, I wish I had a higher limit on this. <laughs> Cause I just pretty much, uh, uh, sort of stymied myself with the $200 limit. But yeah, that was my, yeah. one of my first experiences. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Credit cards has, have so, sort of be replaced cash in our society yeah. in many ways. Like most people that I know don't carry around cash anymore. Yeah. I mean, some of the older generations I know do, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't use cash, and a lot of a lot of um, stores don't even prioritize cash anymore. Mm -hmm. They prioritize like cashless. Okay, oh, if yeah. you can pay with credit card mm -hmm. or using Just your tap, yeah, tap your phone, <laughs> tap your card, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so what do you think about us moving to this kind of cashless society? Um, do you, um, uh, how do you feel about the use of credit cards personally? Yeah, yeah, I think that my experience with, with the credit card side of things is that if you can handle it, it's a wonderful tool. Mm. And if you can't, it's, it's a terrible, terrible master. Yeah. And the... I think I would I would say that there's a lot of there's a lot of things in this, in this world that God made that have that exact same relationship. I mean, yeah. like food, <laughs> wonderful yeah. thing, but you know if 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 it gets out out of out of uh, balance in your life, mm -hmm. it can be a terrible thing. Um, you know, all sorts of stuff, work, all of you know, every anything out of balance can be a bad thing. So it's it's sort of that like it just seems like credit cards though have a potential to put you in a space that is really dark if if used poorly. Yeah. I remember listening to uh, a friend of mine as he talked about how he and his wife, they didn't really think much of it. 
they went on vacations and all that stuff on the credit card and now you know years later they're just still you know 24 percent interest rate struggling to pay off a credit card and so it's just one of those things that like there's there's a wise way to use a credit credit card and there's a really unwise way to mm -hmm. use it I don't think I'd agree fully with Dave Ramsey, for instance, is one yeah. person who would say, just cut up all your credit cards. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done that at times. Yeah. But then, uh, like, um, you know, now that my wife and I have a budget and we, we, we stick to it, it's great because we can use a credit card for the cash back elements of it. Mm -hmm. Just sort of depends on where you're at and what you can handle, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we can handle different things at different points of life. Yeah. So. I love how you, you talked about there are wise ways to keep using credit cards and there are unwise ways yeah. and it can be a, a, a good tool but it can also be become your master yeah right yeah. Um, and that's that's something that that some of the the passages that we're studying today talk about how um, debt can become a master mm -hmm. of us and uh, the principle that we've been emphasizing throughout these studies is the fact that we don't want money to be a master of us. We want yeah. to be the master of money. That's yeah. what. That's the proper order that God set up for us. Exactly. And yeah. debt has that potential mm -hmm. to make money our master. Yeah, and I, and I do agree with a lot of um, what is what is written in the in the uh, in the um, quarterly and and if you, as just as you read through Scripture, you just recognize that there is almost two <laughs> two directions to get there, or two possibilities of. How you can get to money being your master yeah. it can either just sort of be a, in your heart thing yeah. uh, at the very beginning where it's um you know i want to live more freely mm -hmm. than my actual paycheck allows me to and that is a natural desire i think most many of us who kind of live maybe middle class or lower it's like well i, I wouldn't mind having more you yeah. know um but then like if you are willing to indulge in that that desire to the point where you get in, into credit card debt, you know, then it then it becomes your master, not just in your heart, but literally, because now you can't you can't do more with your life. You can't mm -hmm. you, all of the money, extra money that you make has to go to paying off the credit card. Mm -hmm. So there's almost like, or or maybe it's accidental. You know, it's uh, a big thing came up. You didn't you didn't have the t ability to set up an emergency fund or something like that. So now you have to stick stuff on your credit card, and now you never really did want to do that, but now you're in a space where money is your master, and it wasn't your fault. And, there's just sort of those elements. I think you can get there two ways. Yeah. It can, it can be sort of, I, I, I got there on my own. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, circumstances got me there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that's somewhat what the um, writer of this lesson highlights, right, about how there's, he, he points out three ways. Ignorance is one way that we yeah. get into financial dif difficulty. And then also circumstance, like mm -hmm. an emergency happens, mm -hmm. like a disaster hits. Mm -hmm. and, and so we get into financial um, difficulty, an unexpected event. Yeah. And then the last one is wanting to live above our means, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. desiring things that we can't afford at the time. And that also gets us into financial difficulty. Yeah. yeah. I think like tonally, it, I, I wasn't a huge fan of how it was talked about because it, 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 it almost seems, it feels like it's sort of talking down to people who are in mm -hmm. debt. But I, I think that there are incredibly legitimate reasons of why the pull of I just want to go on a vacation is yeah. so you know you might feel like you're in this space where I'm trapped I you know we're not able to have fun I just want to get out I don't want to be controlled by this like that's a completely legitimate thing to feel unfortunately yeah. it's that that battle in our lives of what we feel can pull us in directions that's not always great um, but then at the same time never having fun <laughs> is not fun yeah. so it's like there's there's this there's I think this that scripture is gives us an invitation to wisdom yeah and um, and so that's more of the tone tone that I I have wanted to adopt in my own life and then in conversations with other people there's an invitation to wisdom yeah as opposed to like I can't believe you're in debt why would you do that yeah you know instead it's like okay let's let's uh, let's take what's here and 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 see it as like, okay, well, let's try and utilize the, the, the things that God has given us well, yeah. as opposed to trying to act like we have things that we don't. Yeah. And so, yeah. So you pointed out like that, that debt in general, but also credit cards can be a tool, yeah. right? So, and you, you said that there were wise ways to use it and unwise. What are some wise ways to use credit card and some unwise ways that you would say um, using credit card debt? Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is just stuff I picked up, so, you know, some people might disagree, but one thing that I um, had heard from early age is, like, when you get a credit card, never let the balance carry over, mm -hmm. you know, and so, um, 
I've I've pretty much done that for most of my life, and so that helps a little bit. Mm -hmm. But there are <laughs> there are times where because it's not coming out of your bank account, mm -hmm. you know, you're just like, well, we can we can do this, and then you look at your bank account, and you think you have enough, but then all of a sudden a bill comes up, you know, and you're like, oh no, I didn't have as much. Yeah. So, I think that that what it's come down to me to for me is. I, I don't know how wise it is. And maybe there's people who can do this. So I, you know, it, to, to each their own and what they can do and what they can't. But I have found that it's not particularly wise to use a credit card without having a really intentional budget mm. um, that you are consistently updating. Yeah. Because if you don't, then it's sort of, it's just money in the wind, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like a concrete number yeah. that you have. And so... Um, and I find that even if I think that I'm pretty good yeah. at, at keeping track of everything, ultimately, like if, if it's not a budget, if I just, in my mind, I'm trying to keep track of everything, I'm not good at it yeah. as, as much as I wish I was. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And that's, that's, that's true across, I mean, that's not just you, that's true across the board, yeah. which is why they say that um, most businesses want you to pay using a credit card yeah. because there's something psychological about taking out cash and having to pay cash yeah. Yeah. that makes you spend less than if just swiping on a credit card yeah. or just tapping something. Yeah. That that convenience makes, they, they've done research to find out yeah. that that people, consumers spend more when they're paying with credit card yeah. versus when they're paying with cash. Mm -hmm. Because it feels like, almost like fake money. And yeah. it doesn't feel like, the, you don't feel the pain of pulling out like, <laughs> 20s or in hundreds, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. imagine paying a thousand dollars with cash. It's it's a lot of cash yeah. that you're taking out and, and even down. like physically, it's large. Like it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a stack of cash that you're paying yeah. out. You're like, I don't have that anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You feel that pain, which yeah. is why you know there's this desire to move to a cashless yeah. society beyond just carrying debt. But you're saying that that's why you say that it's very important to stick to a budget. Yeah, if you're going to use credit cards. But at the same time, like I mean, for me, I got a credit card with the intention of putting as many bills as I could on that credit card. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're just paid every every month and it's part of our budget, but then we get cash back for for some of the, the, the bills that are paid there. For some people, it's not a great idea because as soon as you have the credit card, you might just, it might become sort of a, a slow slide into using it for other stuff that you're not keeping track of. But if you could do it, I mean, that's one way to use it that's wise. But yeah. um, so, I mean, there's 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 definitely workarounds, but I th there's also this this factor and I always hate to, to um, sort of be like conspiratorial in my in my um, thought process, but there is just this reality in the world that you, the businesses are selling you this not because they're altruistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and they might be trying to help, but but ultimately it's it's gonna make them money. Yeah. And so I think we have to we have to keep that in mind. Like I, 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 they're offering you this great deal on a credit card. Well, if you're not gonna use, they're counting on you not using it wisely mm -hmm. because they're going to get money off of the interest of you carrying over all that. So, so it's like, there's that too, where and scripture talks about that, like the rich rule over the poor and, and stuff. I mean, it's for, for many of us, we don't have this kind of resources that, that companies and organ and, and corporations do. And there's in the, and they're able to use sort of the marketing power and all of that stuff to, to make us, make us feel like, yeah, you know, look at all that you, that you could do with this, you know? Yeah. And so that's where it's, again, it's an invitation to wisdom. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I didn't live, grow up in this era, but you know there there was a previous era where people would put things on layaway, right? Yeah, yeah. And until now, you could have until yeah. you had enough to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you would slowly pay, and there would be no interest in that, but yeah. you wouldn't get it until, until you had yeah. the money to pay. And it seems like that was actually a, better for consumers yeah. because it it forced us to to um, pay and to live within our means yeah. versus. Uh, with credit cards, you get it instantly. Yeah. And by the time, if you are paying on credit, by the time you actually pay off the credit card for that item, the item might not even be useful <laughs> yeah, anymore. You're, you're done and the interest is gone. <laughs> like, or like not, the, not the interest in, in, in money terms, but your own interest in the item. And, yeah, yeah, it's so just, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that happens with all, all sorts of things where we um, buy with debt um, a lot of times. Um, Sometimes the only way people can afford a car is when they, you know, oh, take yeah. out a loan mm -hmm. for for the car or they lease the car, mm -hmm. and um, and yet we know that cars are terrible investments because yeah. they drop in value. Although, no, the past new, especially years, new cars, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they drop cars. in value right off the line. <laughs> yeah, as soon yeah, as you drive have, it, I have bought new, but so I, I'm not saying never do it. But it, it, yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reality is, as an investment, a car is just a bad thing, yeah. but. 
um, they are useful yeah. and they are helpful in our society, especially in Southern California, where oh, yeah. it's sort of a driving society. <laughs> yeah. If you lived in somewhere like New York City, or yeah. you can take sure. public transportation yeah. everywhere, yeah. it'd be a little bit of a different scenario. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I think that's that's the part where um, debt is one of those things that again is a tool if mm -hmm. used well. And there's a few things that you know it may make sense to get into debt for a car. Um, potentially, if you can buy cash, it's always, I mean, obviously that's better. I, I fully agree with that. But like a house, most people are not in a situation where you're going to be able to buy a house, mm -hmm. you know, debt-free. Yeah. Um, and even school to a certain degree, some people will work three to four jobs to pay off, you know, their school, but still come out with debt. So it's, it's there's it, there's a varying, varying, you know, circumstances, people, situations. Um, I don't think we should look at things so black and white to say mm -hmm. debt is bad and being out of debt is 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 perfect in God's plan, mm -hmm. as opposed to saying that there is something to say about having the invitation to wisdom, and to allowing God to be king over our heart and our desires and where we're where we're wanting to go with our life and how we're using the things that He's given us. I think that's more of the yeah invitation. Yeah, and it's it's a good thing that you point out about a house, um, which even someone like Dave Ramsey, who's pretty negative about debt. Um, says that's the only, <laughs> yeah. a mortgage is the only type of debt that yeah. I will, I will yeah. advocate for. Mm -hmm. um, it, even though he does say that if you can pay cash for a house, that's ideal. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many people in Southern California can pay for cash for a house, but yeah. he says that, that, is, that is the ideal. But if you can't, then he, he you know, at least houses generally appreciate in value yeah. mm -hmm. so you're not getting yourself into debt over something that's going to be worth less than when you bought it yeah. when you finally pay it off yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and, th and that's the hard thing too is like I, I i mean there's just different circumstances like our, i mean my wife and i were able to buy a house right at the very top of our budget back in 2017 and then who would have thought what happened with housing prices? Mm -hmm. And so we were able to sell that house for a significant increase. But then when we bought down here, because we moved from Washington down to Southern California, I mean, it was our whole, all of the profit we made went straight into a down payment for a house <laughs> that was not much bigger than the one we had. And, yeah. and it had a higher mortgage. And so it's like, there's, there's just some realities of how the economy goes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that that's where I, I, w I always want to be careful about like, well, what is God's plan for your money? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, 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 again, the invitation to wisdom as opposed to there's a specific way to do things. Yeah. Because when we get there, it's like, well, there's just different realities in, in the world. Um, you know, the, what we'll talk about from Scripture is a completely different world and a completely different economy in a lot of ways yeah. than the one we live in. And so we can't just take this and then plop it onto our world today. Yeah. But there is that invitation to wisdom. So. And as we were chatting before um, about this, um, we highlighted the fact that scripture does talk a lot about wealth and money yeah. and resources and the blessings God gives us, but generally it is general principles, right? There are some specific mm -hmm. guidelines, but most of the principles, most of the um, passages talk about more money more generally, mm -hmm. which is a lot more helpful to us as you talked about yeah. since we do live in a very different type of society than they did back then. And yeah. even throughout the span of history that's covered by scripture, society and economics changed, oh, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in Deuteronomy, this was pretty much a cashless society that they were living in. There Different are, kind of cashless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't bring my sheep to pay for my groceries <laughs> exactly. these days. But. Exactly. It was a lot more of a barter system, yeah. although there was, you know, there was some jewelry and things like that, but the value of those things were considerably less than yeah. they are now, yeah. whereas... Um, in in Jesus's time, there was a lot more currency circulating. Rome had currency that was circulating, mm -hmm. and yet they didn't have things like credit cards or yeah. or, or or the um, the debt mechanisms that we mm -hmm. we do currently. So society has shifted quite a bit, oh, and yeah. so those general principles are important to and, focus on. In debt and getting into debt, it's you know we could say we'll just use cash, don't use credit cards. But I mean, the amount of stories that I've heard, because uh, I love history of of just crushing debt that people are in. Yeah. It's like, this is not a modern problem. Yeah. Maybe there are modern ways that make it more accessible to yeah. very easily get into crushing debt. But I mean, I think of, uh, there, there is even a line of thought that Julius Caesar would not have, have overthrown the Roman Republic if it hadn't been for the crushing debt that he was in. Mm -hmm. Because he was in so much debt that if he had gone back to Rome, 
uh, without an army, yeah. <laughs> they would have arrested him. <laughs> uh, and so, and, and, I mean, I'm, I'm over, overly simplifying it, yeah. but I mean, just to say that, and, and there's so many people whose, whose stories were marked by massive amounts of debt. Um, and so this is not a modern problem. Yeah. This, is a, this is a, we tend to as humans live outside of our means for various reasons, mm-hmm. and then for some people, you just grow up in poverty, and that's it was never your fault, yeah. um, or, or you're there because of, of circumstances you didn't under your control. So, yeah. and getting out of debt was was in some ways more difficult back then. In that, um, the 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 downside of being in crushing debt is that you went into slavery, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> slavery. Slightly different than today. <laughs> so when Proverbs talks about, you know, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender, yeah. that was Just true literal. very literally yeah. In, yeah. in many ways, yeah. yeah. But but th- that's where, that's where you know, you can't take it and then plop it onto our, our day-to-day, but th- that's what it feels like, though. At a yeah. certain point, when you're in so much debt, it just feels like you're, you're serving these people who have, absolutely no interest in you really other than the extra interest that you're giving their company and i don't mean to say that they're evil or anything like that but just i mean as as sort of a the way the economy works it's it feels like you're serving some some faceless company that doesn't really care about you and that's tough like that hurts yeah Yeah, so i get i get what he's talking about yeah it's true i mean um people the companies will lend us money but when it comes down to it when it comes down to it and you know, we have this very sad story that we want to share with them. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is they're going to do what's best for their bottom line, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, or, or even, I mean, we could even take away negative uh, intentions from the company and just say they're assuming that if you're taking this loan, that you you have done your due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is on us yeah. to, or you know, if you're spending over your over your limit, I mean, they're assuming you you have the due diligence to to, to make that decision. So. I mean, either way, there there is a lot of responsibility in our in our hands to take what we have and use it well, and that's why I think it's. I mean, yes, literally in in scripture, yeah, <laughs> you'd be a servant, but I don't want to be a servant to a company or whatever. So yeah. yeah, and one of the passages that we're talking about today um, is comes from Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, and this is is all about canceling debt, and in it, um, God talks about how it, it's almost framed that not having debt. Is a blessing from mm-hmm. God, right? It's it's framed as uh, as being something that is a blessing, and having debt as um, as being something that is perhaps not the ideal. Is that why? Because debt can feel like an indentured slavery to to your creditor, that that's why God frames it this way. What would you say? I don't know. I think like in context, this this passage in Deuteronomy chapter fifteen. Is it's part of like the jubilee years, and so it's mm-hmm. you know every seven years there'd be the release of debts, the release of slaves, the release of, um, or even the, is it the rest of of uh, of um, fields and, and crops and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's like there's this idea that in this cycle, sort of like the Sabbath cycle, mm-hmm. um, that there is supposed to be this freedom, this almost reset, of, the way it was you know, back in creation. It's sort yeah. of sort of visioning of like, think about that Edenic ideal, which is beautiful. But I think that there's this recognition that the world is not ideal, mm-hmm. it's not Edenic, that there's just going to be these situations where people have to borrow, people are in debt, there are the poor. I mean, I think it literally says, mm-hmm. is it here or elsewhere? Oh, yeah, it says in verse four, mm-hmm. um, there shouldn't be any poor among you, but elsewhere it says that the poor will always be among you. Yeah. You know, there's so, so there's this ideal versus the reality. <laughs> and so what's powerful about this is what it's saying is like set up a society where people are not in, in servitude for the rest of their lives because of mistakes that they might have made or circumstances that might have happened to them. Yeah. At the same time, there's a recognition that, you know, if you can't pay your debts, this person who you have pretty much stolen money from is going to have you work for them to sort of recoup what they would have lost. So there's there's that 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 both both and and I I just think that like the debt element of it the um, the reason that that scripture is is subtly against it is because it's like you don't really want to live in in servitude to to someone else mm-hmm. forced servitude you want to live in freedom and yeah. that's that's the call um, so if you can don't don't like if you can not be in debt don't yeah be. but. But there is definitely not a 
you're outside of God's plan if you're in debt. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. definitely not that. And you don't really see that. You don't see God um, often blaming the, the, the person who's in debt. Yeah. Sometimes he calls out people for um, making unwise decisions, yeah. but never like you are outside of God's will yeah. if you are in debt. So if anything, there's more of a call on the person lending yes. it, who, who, is, who is assumed in Scripture to be a follower of God. Mm -hmm. There's more of it at, at a call to them to have mercy towards those, yeah. which is, and, and literally says yeah. in here, um, don't you think, like, don't have this evil thought that, oh, it's year six yeah. before the, you know, before the, the Jubilee year, so I'm not going to give you a loan. Yeah. Like, don't have that thought, give to them because they need it. And you're like, God, that's, that's like, that feels unfair. Like, that doesn't feel wise. But then God, God has this promise on the backside that says, but I will bless you. That's the thing is like what you're doing is not simply to uh, uh, hoard wealth for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bless you and so show kindness and mercy to those, you know, so that, <laughs> I don't know, we can get really down on people for being in debt, but God speaks more to the person who is in the position to be lending yeah. than it is the person in debt. Yeah, and that, that I, I love how you pointed that out because this passage at its core, it does mention debt, Yeah. right? But at its core, it's not focused on debt itself. Yeah. It's focused more on this idea of equity of wealth, yeah. right? That I love how you said the word reset. Mm -hmm. There was a reset, and you know the year of jubilee mm -hmm. um, was the fiftieth year. That was the that was an ultimate reset where everything went back. Land yeah. was redistributed, yeah. which we were chatting about before. In that time, <laughs> land was really the measure of wealth, yeah. right? Because it's the only thing that you could carry over generationally. Yeah. Um, sheep, they're going to die. There's only so long that you can keep grain before it goes bad, yeah. right? So the concept of hoarding like millions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. back then, that, that's not something that existed mm -hmm. in that time. Mm -hmm. Wealth was, the only wealth that you could really hoard yeah. was land, and yeah. yet what God said was every 50 years, we're gonna reset the land, it's gonna all go back mm -hmm. to the way that it, it, was re, it was distributed during Joshua's yeah. time, which we don't think they've ev they actually really ever practiced, yeah. but that was a beautiful idea. That's because, an intense call. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There was no way. So if, if that's the case, there was really no way to hoard generational wealth. Yeah. Eventually, no matter what bad decisions people made financially, things would go back to the way that they were, yeah. which is a lot more of a challenging call for us today than even don't take, you know, if, yeah. if, if the message was don't take debt, yeah. that's a little bit even, that's hard, but that's easier <laughs> than this idea of equity of wealth, yeah. right? Yeah. Which exactly. is a much harder thing. Well, because I, I think that there's also this natural thing that's just built into the way God made this world that that there are things that, as you do them, that there is a general blessing that comes out of that. Yeah. Uh, just because of the way it's made. Like, for instance, if, if you, say, are managed to stay out of, of, of bad debt, like, you just feel freer, you yeah. know? As you, as you pay off your debt, you're like, I feel like now everything that I have can be used in a way that is generous, that is, you know, that is more built towards, uh, you know, attaining goals that, that we as a family have, or things like, like that's fun, that's mm -hmm. exciting. So that's built into the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's this other thing that, like, God is, is pointing out that, there's this redistribution redistrib of, of, of what it, back to what it was, and we think, well, but that's not fair. Mm. But I think that's where God just, he comes in and he says on the other end, like, I, I am going to bless you. Like, you're worried about fairness or, or what's right or wrong here. He's like, I'm just going to ask you to do something, and if you trust me with this, you'll see on the other end of this the beauty of it. And so that's where, I, you know, it, it's, it is more, Scripture is more challenging, I think, to me, because it does tend to call on those who have power, who have wealth, mm -hmm. who have influence, who have, who are in those spaces. And it's really more of a call on that end to use those things in a way that benefits everybody down the line in, in some really, um, maybe what feels like unfair ways at first, but that's like, use your wealth to, to, to benefit people. And you will see the results on the other end of the blessing that's built into living that way. Yeah. And I think that's more challenging than just like, well, it's everyone's individual responsibility, no matter how much money or how, or how little money you have. It is slightly that, 
but scripture seems to just, I don't know, I'll just, it just seems to focus more on those who have yeah. than those who don't. Yeah. And I get the, the comment that it's not fair because if I worked really hard <laughs> for, my, for my money, if I saved, made really good financial decisions, yeah. and, then, and then at the end of it, someone who made poor decisions gets yeah. the same thing that, yeah. I mean, it, it, feel, it, it does viscerally feel unfair. Yeah. And yet, at the core of the message about resources and blessings and wealth is the fact, in Scripture, is the perspective that everything comes from God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We only have it because God gave it to yeah. us. And if we really believe that, yeah. then it's not a matter of fair or unfair. It's yeah. God saying, well, this is all mine, so I can distribute it as however I it's want. It's literally built into the parable that Jesus tells of the, the guy he goes... The master who goes to the market, hires a few guys for a day's labor. They, they say, I'll pay you this wage. And then goes a few hours later, a few hours later, a few hours later, and gets more people each time. So finally, he gets some people, and there's only one hour left in the day. He pays them the exact same wage as he did the guys who came first. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what in the world? But then he says, I told you this, and this is what you agreed to. And it, it, this is mine to distribute as I wish. And you could say that that's talking about salvation, that that's talking about um, something that's other than money. And, and it, 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 I think it is. Mm -hmm. But there is a maybe an invitation to ponder that a little yeah. bit when it comes to, so if God is this generous with us, like, you know, if he is willing to say that, you know, you can be the prodigal son and come out of nowhere mm. after totally making terrible decisions and that my heart will be open to you, then there's an invitation to us to say there must be something about living that way mm -hmm. that results in something yeah. that is a blessing as opposed to just a, you know, I lost I lost out. It's not fair, yeah. you know. So I don't know. It's an invitation to to ponder that. I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. Like you point out, that parable is not really about money, and yet the principle of God owning everything is found yeah. throughout Scripture, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And we see that in the way that God set up Israelite society. We t we talked in previous weeks about how this pattern of um, of of debt forgiveness and ties and all of that that was built in, like. So you had a seven-year cycle, and every third year, all the tithes would go to the poor mm. in the society. Yeah. Every third year, it would all go to one place and then be redistributed. Yeah. So there is already a distribution. You didn't have to wait to that seventh year or the 50th yeah. year, right? There was already some redistribution done every third year. And then on the seventh year, mm -hmm. when all the land you know, were supposed to sit follow, on that seventh year, then it was a releasing of all the debts, yeah. right? Yeah. Which which some, some scholars read this and they say, well, maybe the seventh year was not, because there's some ambiguity in, yeah. in how, how it's written. Maybe it wasn't a releasing of all debts. It was just, you didn't have to pay your debts that during that year. And then you resumed your payments afterwards. So it yeah. was kind of like what happened during COVID where, yeah, yeah. where you get to pause, pause your payments. Yeah. <laughs> but then you had to resume once you, know, you were yeah. past that year. So some people think it was that way. Personally, I tend to think that it was a, it was a reset mm -hmm. um, just because it was so radical. The reason why a lot of people, um, why some people say that it's just a pause was a complete reset you don't see in, in, mm -hmm. in all of the practice of, yeah. of the Israelites. You yeah. don't see that happening. But you, don't, you also don't see the year of Jubilee <laughs> happening. And yet that was a, yeah. gen, that was a complete reset. It was very yeah. clear the land was going to go back yeah. to the people. So you have this like you have this every se um, three years and seven years, and then you have fiftieth year where everything is reset. Yeah. So really, God set up Israelite society if they had followed it this way, where it was it was very true what He says, verse four. However, there need be no poor people yeah. among you, for in the land the Lord is giving to you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. Yeah. Like if you follow this pattern, there need not be poor people among mm -hmm. you because there are, are built-in ways to care yeah. for the poor mm -hmm. and to redistribute wealth. Yeah. But it also meant that there would not be any super rich people among you. Not necessarily, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there was no way to hoard it yeah. um, over time, right? But it seemed like there would be inequity, Yeah. which is, which is a very interesting thing, and I think yeah. it's important for us to recognize. God has never calling for complete equity. Every single person has the exact same amount of money. Yeah. You know, he understands there's going to be difference and that's fine. Yeah. But that's where the call to those who have is stronger than those to those who don't have. But even built into the commands is an invitation to wisdom for those who have less. Yeah. For instance, if you're getting, you know, if, if you're getting it, if there's a tithe and it's going to the poor every three years, there's maybe an invitation to 
there is a possibility because of this generosity of the community for you to use that wisely and potentially get out of that situation. Not to say that you're a bad person if you're in poverty, but there's maybe the invitation to that. Or, you know, if it is, if it's a, it's a complete reset or if it's a pause on your debts, it's an opportunity. If it's a pause to, you know, make enough to, 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 to get ahead on the loan, to, to uh, get out of debt potentially, or if it's a reset to just completely be out of debt and to, hopefully use your money more wisely, barring unforeseen, you know, tragic circumstances, to use your money wisely to not get in that same situation so that you can begin to build your own, you know, wealth that is that is not dependent on paying somebody back. Yeah. So there's an invitation there for sure. So it's it's not God just saying, hey guys, free money. <laughs> it's, it's saying, I'm going to be generous with you yeah. and there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to use that wisely. And so the same thing goes for us. It's like, if there is generosity that God has shown to us, like the opportunity is to use it wisely as opposed to just, you know, use like squandering it, I guess, yeah. is, the, is, the, is the general idea. Yeah, I, and I love the balance that's found in scripture as you're pointing out. You have passages like in, in Proverbs where it talks about using your money wisely so you don't get into trouble, yeah. right? But then you also have passages like this in Deuteronomy where it talks about those who have used their money wisely as far as caring for their own needs, mm-hmm. but there is also a care for the poor and the, mm-hmm. those in need as well that is a part of using money wisely mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that the love of money doesn't become yeah. our our ruling passion, right? Yeah. That's that seems to be very clear in yeah. Old Testament and New Testament. That Which this entire sh- society is now structured around that idea. Exactly. <laughs> that you, you, maybe you're more wealthy than other people, but but you're going to have to let go of a lot. Yeah. You know, every fifty years. Yeah. And so like you're for, sort of forced. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, tithing. You were giving, uh, get, letting go of money. Offerings. Yeah. You were letting go of money. Um, and then the, the releasing of debts, you were like, so throughout it, it was a regular practice, a rhythm of letting go, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how do we then translate that into our society? Yeah. What would it look like to, to regularly practice a rhythm of letting go so that money doesn't, and the hoarding of money specifically doesn't become our, uh, a ruling Primary passion? Rule. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, um, uh, just my thoughts are that's sort of why why tithing or giving is built into what we do um, I think that I'm less on the on the the line of that you need to give 10% I know that that sort of disagrees with official church uh, words but I just think that like God God is less concerned I mean he, you look at the 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 woman who gives there are two I think mites is how it's to call, uh, talked about and then Jesus says that that woman gave more than the person who gave. And there's no context that, that she was giving 10% of what she had. She was just giving what she, what she did have, whatever that was, and she wasn't holding it. And that attitude of heart, um, I, I even think of it, sometimes we get to 10% giving, and we start to treat it so legalistically that it's like it's nickel and dimes. It's like, okay, I look at this. Do I pay on my gross or do I pay on, on, uh, on, my, uh, on my net? Or do I pay on, uh, uh, you know, and so then you get down to what's the exact decimal point moving over and the exact cents, you know, like it's mm-hmm. 39 cents. I'm not going to pay 40. You know, I'm going to pay 39 cents because that's the 10%. Um, when I think that sometimes maybe, maybe that's great. Maybe t- paying 10% every single time is a, is a wonderful act of worship for you. But I think that then there's this other invitation to a heart of generosity mm. that is, you know, sometimes you're going to give because you have extra and sometimes you're going to, you're, you're, you, what you're going to give isn't about nickeling and diming. You're just giving because God has been good to you. And so, you know, I, I think that attitude of heart is what starts to keep us unattached from, from the money pers- uh, specifically. I think that 10% is a great principle. I'm not, I'm not arguing that mm. we shouldn't. I'm just saying that I think that it's less about the legalistic nickeling and diming of that and more about the heart that just says, God, I'm not going to hold on to this because ultimately I recognize that by giving this away, that um, giving this back to you, that everything that I have is already from you. You're giving me, you're, I keep the other, all of what I have, you know, but this means that I recognize that I'm not the one who's ultimately the provider for my life, that you are. And that whenever I do act like I'm the provider for my life, I end up not ever having enough. Yeah. You know, even if I have theoretically enough, I don't ever feel like I have enough. Yeah. And so that's, I think, maybe one piece yeah. of the, the thing God built into. Yeah, I love your focus on the principle there of um, letting go of the power of wealth over us, right? Because if you are nickeling and diming 
um, it may show that actually you're trying to preserve as much wealth yeah, and hold on to can, as much yeah. as you can, yeah. right? Which is what Jesus yeah. pushes back to the yeah. Pharisees about. Like he says, you tithe on, you know, the little cumin. Yeah. And and yet, and yet, you know, he, he points out that their heart is not in the right place. Because I think the next thing he says is that you, then you, you, have, you have homes that you're renting out to widows and you kick them out yeah. because they can't pay rent. Yeah. Wh whose heart's in the right place here? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So I, I love that that idea because um, I think it was I think it's Andy Stanley, who I, whose sermon I heard once, where he talks about um, how he approaches tithing is that it should challenge you, mm -hmm. regardless of what percentage you're giving. Yeah. It should challenge you because tithe was an act of trust. Yeah, it was absolutely. to say, God, I'm I'm going to trust you that even though I only have 90% of what you gave me, that you can do more with that 90% yeah. for me than I could do with 100% 100, by yeah. myself, right? So it should stretch you. And yeah. for some people, that stretch may be 5%, it mm -hmm. may be 6%. For other people, it may be 12%, it yeah. may be 15%, right? And I think that's why the 10% is good. Because it gives us an idea of where it should be around. Yeah. God's not asking for fifty percent of your paycheck, and you're just like suffering in the corner, trying to you know, yeah. trying to pay your mortgage. So just that's a note. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it it, it should stretch you. Now, I, I do think that there are some benefits um, to having a specific number. Mm -hmm. In that, um, I found that when I'm building a new habit having a specific thing like yeah. if i'm starting to trying to pray every day having a specific time where i pray mm -hmm. the ch the difficulty is we don't want to be legalistic about yeah. that oh no i missed it by one minute <laughs> and then all of a sudden i can't pray anymore right exactly, yeah. so that's 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 when it becomes un unhelpful yeah. the specifics but yeah. when you're trying to build new habits having a specific target mm -hmm. does help Absolutely. with being regular yeah. right having a regular time a regular place a regular amount you know all of those things is helpful but Again, those things are just tools to yeah. get us to the heart of, which is, yeah. as you're pointing out, letting go. Letting yeah. go of the power of wealth over us and then trusting God. Which yeah. you find in this passage in Deuteronomy, mm -hmm. right? God is saying, the reason why there is no poor among you is because you can let go, mm -hmm. because you trust that I'm going to bless but I'm you. I'm going to take care of you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? So at the heart of it is, both a, a belief in the ownership, these two principles, a belief in the ownership of God over everything, yeah. that we only have anything because God gave it to us, mm -hmm. but also the belief in the generosity yeah. of God, that God is going to bless us and take care of us, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that all of us are going to own like huge homes and drive four Teslas or, or whatever <laughs> it is, right? But it is, it is saying that, th that there's a firm belief that God will care for us, that trust, and that belief that God is over everything. And yeah. that is what drives all of these specifics mm -hmm. about, about giving and, and about wealth in that society. And, and that is the inherent blessing. Like, I think we get stuck on, like, if I give 10%, then God will bless me. But I think, I think the reality is, like, for instance, I think my approach at this point in my, in my life with God is uh, I'm going to give approximately somewhere around 10% and not really care what the exact number is mm. because I don't think... That's never that has been unhelpful to me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to nickel and dime. That's been unhelpful. So it's like, well, here's my paycheck. Here's approximately 10% of that. There's maybe other money that comes in. Here's approximately 10%, whether that's over or under. Mm -hmm. Here it is. You know. And when I'm not thinking about it, it's more of an act of worship. When I'm not thinking about specific numbers, it's more of an act of worship than it is when I'm thinking of the specific numbers yeah. because then it feels like a bill that I'm paying yeah. as opposed to God here. I'm giving this, you know, back. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is the. Remind me, you, you were you were just talking about the blessing. Mm -hmm. That was it. Like th there's this inherent blessing that as we do that, mm -hmm. there is less of a um, focus around being blessed monetarily or any. But there is a peace that comes with it. Instead of like here, if I do this, or you know, these things will happen in my life. That there is a peace because ultimately I don't have to sit there and wonder. Okay, I only have this much in my bank account, and I have all of these things coming up. It's like, okay, God is God is going to take care of me, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And that peace in and of itself is the blessing. If there is monetary growth, if there is a a you know random windfall from some something or someone, that's that's a that's a beautiful blessing. But I think that often those come, and they are they are uh, a blessing from God that may or may not be attached to tithing. Mm -hmm. But rather, the the actual blessing I think we get is the, we can take a breath and just, whew, okay, 
God is in control of this. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And that's that's I think that's a blessing enough. Yeah. Ultimately. But. And you know, the, our approach to debt can also be a way of letting go, right? Mm-hmm. Because wealth is not just dollars in our bank account, it's also things that we have. Yeah. And sometimes as we as you talked about before, the draw of things can be very strong. Yeah. And so um living within our means is one way that we also practice that habit, right? Saying no to certain things mm-hmm. that we can't afford so that we can use that the, the resources that God gives us for other things that are probably better mm-hmm. for us at that moment, right? That's, that is a way of also letting go, yeah. which is why God also calls them, you know, the ideal is to eventually get out of um, crushing debt, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like all of, uh, you know, in, in, in our society, chances are most of us are going to live with some kind of debt for most of our lives, right? But there is a difference between debt and crushing debt. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are times when we are in crushing debt and we just, we need to focus on ways to get out of it. And that's just like, just like when we are, um, if we're like you talked about food can Mm -hmm. become an addiction or Mm -hmm. something that can become negative, even though it's healthy for Mm -hmm. us during those times when we are trying to, break the habit of food mm-hmm. we have to be a lot more focused yeah. i think dave right ramsey use, uses the phrase gazelle like intensity right <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure why gazelle but there are times when we have to be a lot more focused yeah. um on those um those aspects and and that's when we're in that mm-hmm. kind of crushing debt when it is you see how the debt is is becoming your master like yeah. that becomes your obsession and mm-hmm. all the decisions you make yeah. are based on that debt you know then then that has become a master mm-hmm. over us mm-hmm. and i think in that way the writer of this lesson gave a, a, a helpful tool for people who are in those kinds of situations of snowballing debt mm-hmm. right um getting getting quick wins yeah focusing um, on the smallest amount of yeah. that and paying that off and then from there yeah yeah and then building on that momentum mm-hmm. um which is which is a helpful way of getting out yeah. of that 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 crushing load yeah that's i mean my my wife and i with student loans we had car loans student loans and and then our mortgage um and so yeah we focused on that and we're able to pay off our cars and then sort of focusing on the uh on the student loans and paid off specific ones that we had and and it was just every single time it's a win that you can build on you're like hey like we don't have to pay that off anymore, and now we can take you know what we were paying on that, and stick it on the next loan, um, and uh, just the nature of our of our financial situation. We still have student loans, but but it's a it's a a fun thing to say we only have like these two that were the bigger ones, and these other five or six things that we had, mm-hmm. we don't. I'm not even thinking about them anymore. Wow. And then what's cool too, and where I really agree with a guy like Dave Ramsey is that. One of the wonderful things about being out of debt is then you're free to be generous. Mm-hmm. You don't you, you don't have to think about as much of the penny pinching and what can I afford to give? What can I what 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 do I have to keep? You know, just to to not default on my loans, to, to be a good citizen and not like you know yeah. get arrested so like, yeah, for for defaulting. But um, you you have the opportunity to be generous, and I think that's what's what mm-hmm. I where I think. There is maybe the inherent blessing of, of mm-hmm. how it's built in that if we are able to avoid those things or pay those things off and not get into bad debt and those types of things, it's it's a wonderful thing to just be able to be like, I, I can just give this to, to someone or to the church or wherever because I, I don't have to think about where else it has to go. So yeah. that's a, yeah. Yeah, which a is a tremendous thing. I mean, if you think about if you had, if we had no debt payments at all, yeah. I mean, the number fluctuates from person to person, yeah. but it's generally a fairly large number, oh, yeah, right? Sure. It, it, especially if you include mortgage or something yeah. like that into it. It's a significant amount of, of, of resources and what we could do that with that, what good we could do with that, which is ultimately the message of scripture, right? Yeah. God gave us these resources yeah. so that we don't become a slave to them, yeah. but that they can be, we can be a master over the wealth, mm-hmm. over money, mm-hmm. and use it to do good in the world around us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What a great way to end. <laughs> Would you have prayer for us? Yeah, for sure. God, I want to thank you so much for um, the fact that you've called us into partnership with you um, and have given us things in this life, all sorts of different things, money being one of them, um, that we are invited to use wisely. Um, and unfortunately, Lord, in our world, there's just some realities that, uh, that are really tough and pain us. And some people are in situations that they are trapped by that are no fault of their own, or maybe it was decisions that were made that 
um, you look back at and you regret, and now you're reaping the consequences of, of those decisions. And it's just tough spots, Lord. But I do pray this, Lord, that um, whoever is in a, a situation of, of uh, financial um, strain, that you would give them uh, the tools, bring the tools in their life to be able to start to address those things um, so that as they continue to have that intensity and that focus on, uh, on tackling those issues, they would experience the blessings and the, and the growth and the opportunity to be generous in the years to come um, as a result of that focus and the result of the freedom that they find. Um, and so we just, we thank you that, that uh, you do care about that aspect mm-hmm. of our life. And we want to continue to follow you and to uh, be wise in how we use our money. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. So friends, however you are, whether you are under a load of debt, um, there is hope for you. God is saying that he, he is still the God of this universe and he can provide for you. Or if you're someone with more resources and have the opportunity to use those resources to benefit others who are under a crushing load, remember to be a master over money and don't let money master you. Have a wonderful Sabbath day.